0: Hello hello beautiful people and welcome back to Empower Radio. My name is Bianca Scalise. I am your host and the reason why I've created this podcast is because a lot of women struggle with the way that they feel in their body, their health, their strength and I don't want for you to be one of them. I used to be one of them. It sucked. <laughs> learning some tim- some timple, some sim- <laughs> learning some simple tools and applying an effective strategy it can change absolutely everything. So I'm here to share what I know about training, nutrition, all of the things to help you on your journey. So today's topic is so exciting to me. It is strength training. Oh my goodness. So today we're diving into the nuts and bolts of strength training. I talked to a lot of women who have like played around with weights, but they're, you know, scared for one reason or another to lift weights heavier and heavier. They might feel comfortable using like eight pounds or 10 pounds or 15 pounds, but when it comes to increasing their weights, they have fears about different things. So today we're diving into strength training and how to use it to lean out and tone up and have a really beautiful, long, healthy life. So diving into all things strength training, the first thing that I'd like to start out with is why should you strength train? And I just firmly believe that most people, I'm going to like venture to say 95 to 99% of people in the world should strength train in one way or another probably 100%. Um, there might be some random situation that I'm forgetting about, but you, if you're listening to this should strength train. And that doesn't mean that you should put a barbell on your back and try to lift 500 pounds. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should push yourself without knowing proper form and hurt yourself no, no, no. You can definitely go through a beautiful time strength training for years and years and years and most of your life without getting injured. So when I'm talking about strength training, I'm really talking about meeting yourself where you're at, listening to your body, understanding proper form, understanding what we're trying to work and what muscles we should feel activating. And from there, being able to reap all of the benefits of strength training. So why should you strength train? Number one, It's going to increase your lean muscle mass. What does that mean? It means that it helps us to build lean muscle, to build muscle. And we're talking about building muscle, women automatically, most of them will get this idea in their head that's like, oh no, <laughs> I don't want to become this giant muscular bro. And I totally empathize with that. I stayed away from strength training for the longest time and would only lift really, 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 uh, lightweights. So that I wouldn't become this big swole gym bro. And I wish that I knew sooner that even if I, you know, increased my lifting and lift heavier and heavier and heavier, I would not blow up into this big (laughs) inflated, uh, version of, of what I thought I would look like. So. Increasing lean muscle mass does not mean just getting bigger in general. It's actually really, really extremely hard to gain that much mass, um, where you're looking like Mr. Olympia or those people you see on the stages. <laughs> Typically the people you see on the stages are using performance enhancing drugs. So if you're a woman listening to this, number one, it's harder to gain muscle as a woman than it is a man because of our, um, testosterone differences. And then the people that you see on the cover of these magazines that are just gigantic jacked are using performance enhancing drugs most of the time. So please squash that fear that you're going to inflate, um, when you gain lean mass, actually gaining lean muscle mass is so incredibly helpful for the physique that most of the women that I talk to are looking for. So that is leaning out seeing yourself the the adipose tissue or the fat in your body going down and being able to see definition in you know the abs in the shoulders in in the legs you know maybe growing a little bit of of glute muscle seeing that lean muscle mass is a beautiful uh side effect of lifting but another thing that it's going to help is when we have more lean muscle we have improved metabolic function meaning our metabolism is functioning in a really beautiful way in a faster way when we have more lean mass and the reason for that is because the more lean mass the more lean muscle that we have on our body the more energetically expensive our body is meaning it takes calories or energy calories are just units of energy it takes calories to um, sustain that muscle on our body so The more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you're going to burn at rest, which becomes a really beautiful cycle for, um, leaning out and toning up the next reason, um, why you should strength train. If you want, uh, this like lean toned physique is it's going to encourage healthy, a healthy weight and body composition, um, partly due to that increased metabolic function. And it's going to help to achieve that lean toned aesthetic because you are burning more calories, which are going to come from that fat that we have on our body. We're burning more of those calories throughout the day at rest um, when we're walking, things of that nature. The next reason why you should strength train is improved bone health. Anytime that we are loading up our body, we are putting stress on our body, but it is good stress. We need that good stress to be able to create bone density. If we do not put our body under that good stress, um, in putting load on, on our body, think of a barbell on your back. We're putting load and gravity is acting on us. So we're putting load downwards, super, super great for all of the bones that have to support, um, that barbell on your back. So improved bone health, this is so important as we age, which is why I got my mama on a strength training plan because she's in her sixties. And I know that it's incredibly important for her to enjoy, you know, the next quarter of her life that she has left, um, and, and be able to support her quality of life in that having more dense bones is going to be incredibly important, especially, Um, For women, we have uh, uh, (laughs) a tendency of osteoporosis and osteoarthritis, um, which are having to do with the bones. So you're giving yourself a really beautiful shot of longevity and having a really long, healthy life when you strength train. The next reason is better cardiovascular health. Strength training is really going to help to move blood around in your body. Um, and it's going to demand, put some demand on the cardiovascular system and the nervous system, um, which is very, very important. Sometimes when we think of stress, we think, Oh, that's bad. I want to stay away from stress. But the fact is that we wouldn't be able to, um, increase our thresholds or make our body healthier and healthier if we didn't have stress, which is why when people are laying down for a long period of time, they they tend to decline faster. Think of somebody that's aging. If they're not up and moving around and working out and these types of things, they tend to decline faster than if they are up and moving and doing gardening work and things of that nature. Increased energy levels. It is so counterintuitive because people think, Oh, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get so tired. But typically when we're working out endorphins, all these beautiful, um, happy, healthy hormones are flowing through our body and we tend to actually get more energy from working out. So that is such a cool, um, such a cool benefit, improved mood. This is so, so, so real. Um, Right now it's the, the winter time um, when I'm filming this and just doing a really solid workout, heating up my body. It really, really helps with that. Um, I don't know, like the winter blues that tend to come up, you know, it's just cold and gloomy outside. And it's like, <laughs> man, I'm missing, I'm missing the sunshine and the warmth. But when you create that own, um, your own warmth in your body, and you are active activating, um, you know, your dopamine and serotonin and you're pushing forward in your lifts. It really, really can help just wonders with your mood. If you're feeling just kind of like down in the dumps a little bit, a little bit funky, man, getting a workout in change your entire day, your entire week. And, you know, if you do it consistently enough, your entire life of the way that you feel every day, which is just so valuable. Um, better flexibility and mobility. So when you are strength training in a way where you're exercising proper biomechanics, meaning you know exactly how your body should be moving, how your joints should be articulating in your lifts, um, then you should be exercising into ranges of motion. That doesn't mean that you're quote unquote stretching when you lift, but it means if you are in a squat and you're practicing, you know, um, going towards depth in your squat, bringing your Uh, Hips a little bit lower, um, bending into your knee flexion, then you are going to increase your mobility. And the beautiful thing is that you're increasing your active mobility. And the active mobility is what we call like our functional range of motion. That is what we can actually use. And it's so important to have that active range of motion in our everyday lives. And especially as we age, and none of us are escaping from that. Unfortunately, we're all going to, we're all headed in the same direction. Um, So, implementing strength training and knowing proper um, form and mechanics in your strength training can just absolutely enhance. And it's the difference between having like a miserable last 20, 30 years of life and a really, really enjoyable one um, taking care of this body in that way. Next is elevated body image. Uh, Man, it is so beautiful and spectacular to see women that come into our coaching program empower. And I've experienced this in my own self. And I also get to experience it over and over again with our clients in that when they come in, a lot of them want a certain look like they're like, yes, I want to, you know, trim down on my belly. I want to grow my glutes a little bit. I want this and that. And I want to look this way. And that's beautiful. I love it. Come into come into strength training for whatever reasons you want. I will be the last person to judge you um, because I want those things too, you know? Um, But I get to see them go from like, I need to look this way or I need to weigh this much to man, I'm getting stronger. And I'm just looking at myself in the mirror with such admiration and gratitude because of what my body can do. And we start seeing our body for what it can do instead of judging it um for what you know it might appear to be and the, the great thing is that when you implement that strength training over time and a good nutrition program over time the aesthetic is a side effect the aesthetic is going to come with it the way that your body looks is going to come with it but you get to be happy now <laughs> knowing that you are strong and you are progressing um and that's a beautiful part of it because we can't really we need to build on success right we cannot move forward when we're constantly beating ourselves down with why don't you look like that why aren't you there yet and so strength training is just such a cool way of seeing yourself slowly incrementally over time making progress getting stronger and growing and that is is the formula to happiness as a human being is feeling like we're making progress in the direction that we want to you know we're going to change whether or not we're conscious of it and whether or not we direct where that change goes. The only constant in life is change, right? We're constantly changing. Our skin cells are shedding. Um, we're constantly changing and we have the opportunity to move that in a conscious direction. I can choose if I grow growth is change too, right? But growth is change in the direction I want change randomly occurring going to happen. We can't escape it. So, um, elevated body images. It's just such a beautiful side effect of strength training. And it comes very quickly, right? A weekend, you're feeling those endorphins. You're feeling like, man, I actually did those three workouts this week. I said, I was going to do, you start to feel really proud of yourself. And like, you keep promises to yourself and like, you trust yourself and you see yourself, you know, lifting five more pounds than you did last time. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, I, I feel like this weight last week was so impossible. And now I feel like it's tough, but it's possible. Um, and it's just such a beautiful way of overcoming and, uh, and growing and moving forward. And the last one that I have here for you is enhanced brain health. Same thing here with cardiovascular health. We're getting things moving. Um, we're getting our body moving and movement is so fundamental to our health as human beings. We are meant to move. Um, so when we're moving around, we're moving around our blood we're sending that dopamine, that serotonin, the endocannabinoids, all the beautiful um, uh, hormones and chemicals to our brain. Our brain functions better for us. Um, we're a hugely interconnected system. And the breath that goes along with strength training, um, I, for the longest time, I my only form of movement with, was yoga. And I used to think that strength training was sh- shallow in some way, which I feel like such a dum-dum for thinking that Um, now of course that strength training is such a big part of my life, but I used to think that there's no possible way strength training could be, um, a mental, emotional practice, but it 100% is the whole time when you're pushing past what you thought was possible the whole time, when you're confronting parts of yourself that are like, Oh, can you do it? We don't really want to do it. It's hard. And you're moving forward. Um, you know. You're moving forward and allowing the strongest, most courageous parts of you to show up for yourself. Oh my goodness. You bet it is a mental and emotional practice. And it's such a, it's such an emotional journey. Um, that being said, strength training is going to affect you. Of course, uh, from a musculoskeletal standpoint, but it is also going to affect you Uh, neurologically in the sense of your brain. Um, and also, um, from the standpoint of the nervous system, right? We're breathing, we're breathing consciously as we're working out. And that really helps us to just be here now. Um, so there's this really beautiful present effect that, that comes from strength training as well. All right. So I want to reiterate, too many women think that if they lift weights, they're going to get bulky. I used to think this too. Lifting does not equal getting bulky. Okay. Take it from me. You can look at my photos of my journey. When you understand how to how to eat, <laughs> eating is kind of the difference between what strength training does for us in terms of are we Are we getting this bulky look from gaining more fat and more muscle, or are we getting this lean tone look from decreasing fat and increasing muscle? So, this next question I want to get into is how frequently should I lift? And the answer for this is different for everyone. The bottom line is doing something is always better than doing nothing. Okay. So, I'm not going to tell you that you need to lift three days a week, otherwise, it's worthless, because that wouldn't be true. If you're going from not lifting at all, going from lifting zero days a week or going from, you know, lifting four days a week, one time every couple of months, it's so inconsistent because you can't maintain that schedule. Then going from zero to one day a week is definitely progress. Going from zero to two days a week is definitely progress. If you can go to three days a week, you are an absolute rock star. I personally like to strength train 4 days a week. Um that is what feels best for me. It's what fits best into my routine. I know some people that strength, day, strength train 5 days a week. What I wouldn't recommend is going super hard 6 or 7 times a week. Your body needs to rest and if you are strength training in a way that implements progressive overload or um implements this progressing over time and you're really pushing yourself, you shouldn't you should need those rest days, right? So my recommendation is three to four days a week, um, thirty minutes to ninety minutes per session. All right, we answered that. Establish your goal. So what direction do you want to head when it terms when when it comes to strength training? That's going to inform how you're going to select your exercises, um, reps and sets, and all of these types of things. So. Of course, you can always hire us on to give you a very specific program for you. I'm it's impossible for me to know your exact goals and then to tell you the perfect plan for you without knowing. I would need a lot of context. But the questions that I would ask yourself if you're trying to build a program for yourself is what do you what is your goal? Right? what do you want out of a strength training program? Do you want to gain a pull-up? Do you want to generally get stronger? Do you want to put a lot of mass on your butt or on your glutes? So considering these goals will, um, really help you to get clear about what is exciting you about strength training, because at the end of the day, even the person with the most willpower in the world, you have to feel like your program is going to get you where you want to go. If you do not have confidence that your program is going to get you what matters to you. And that's different for everyone. Um, you're not going to do it. And that's just the, that's just the truth. So when you know what excites you to work towards, whether that's a pull-up or a push-up or whatever it is, um, or aesthetic goals like glute growth, this is going to influence how you're going to make your choices when it comes to, um, exercise selection and these types of things. So next question is what exercises should I do? Um, so let's talk about two major categories of exercise and that will help us to understand how you can build an exercise program. So the first, um, category of exercise is called a compound exercise. The second, Uh, category of exercise is accessory exercise. So we have compound exercises and accessory exercises or compound movements and accessory movements. You can call them either thing. So compound exercises are commonly referred to as main lifts. So we have compound exercises that can also be referred to as main lifts. And then we have accessories. So we have like, you can think of Your main clothing items are going to be your shirt, your pants, right? And then accessories for your clothing items are going to be your necklace and your earrings. One is essential. (laughs) One helps a little bit more. And the other one is sort of something you tack on. So compound exercises or main lifts are movements that involve multiple joints. Okay. So if you think about it, we can only move from our joints, from the places in our body that connect to one another. Okay. So you can think of your shoulders, your elbows, your wrists, your knuckles, your finger joints, um, your hips, uh, your spine is a set of joints as well. We can only move from our joints, right? We can't look down at our thigh and move from the middle of our thigh because we have a long bone there called the femur. (laughs) That's a solid structure. So we have to move below the femur at the knee, or we have to move a Above The femur at the hip. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can only move at your joints and a compound lift or a main lift is a movement that involves movement from two joints or more. So for example, a squat requires us to bend at our knees and at our hip joint. So a squat is a compound lift or a main lift. Compound lifts also require a significant amount of core bracing. Because we are moving at multiple joints, we need to make sure that our core is very, very um, engaged so that we are bracing towards a neutral spine. Okay. Compound exercises require a lot more energy. Um, since they require a full body effort, there's a lot of mental focus involved to make sure that we're moving at the places we want to, and not moving at the places we don't want to. Um, they require a lot of coordination and technique, um, different exercises require different techniques. And that's why each exercise in and of itself is a skill. You're going to notice that at the beginning of your lifting journey to do a squat, you're like, Oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Filming yourself, seeing yourself from the outside, asking someone else, having a coach you can send videos to is all very helpful. Each one of these exercises require their own technique. Therefore their skills that you develop over time. It's not like you master the squat and then, you know, the journey's over. You can always get better at the skill. And the reason it's a skill is because there are so many tiny things we need to think about, right? We need to think about the knee flexion or the knee movement, the hip movement. We need to think about the core bracing. We need to think about our breathing. We need to think about our engagement from our shoulders and our back. Um, So each one of these is a skill. Um, And a compound exercise is going to require significant muscle recruitment from a bunch of muscles (laughs) because of how much bracing is involved and how much movement is involved. So to contrast that, that main lift to an accessory exercise, accessory exercise involve only one joint. Okay. So compound lifts, multiple joints, accessories, one, for example, barbell curls are accessory movements or an accessory lift. Because the barbell curl requires us to bend at the elbow, but nowhere else, right? We're not doing barbell curls, like moving our shoulder around and bending our arm, right? We're keeping our shoulder nice and um, controlled and stationary as we flex our bicep, which creates that elbow movement or elbow flexion is what we call it. So accessory exercises are less demanding movements than compound movements because they are isolated to one area. Um, they help create balance in the body and they help to complement our compound movements or our main lifts. So you can think of hamstring curls. We're targeting the hamstrings, right? We're just targeting the hamstrings and we're just bending at the knee to do that. Bicep curls. We're targeting the biceps. We are just targeting the biceps and we're just moving at the elbow to do that. Um, you can think of delt flies we're just moving at the shoulder um quad extensions we are just moving at the knee right so now you understand more than most people understand about strength training by differentiating compound movements and accessory movements i want to give you some examples of compound exercises and accessory exercises that you could use So grab a pen and paper if you'd like to, Um, there's actually a link in the description for this podcast. If you go over there, it's super easy. You click on it, plug in your email, and I will email you a, a PDF of everything that I'm telling you right now so that you don't have to feel like you might've missed anything. I have a PDF for this with all of these exercises listed and you can grab them and plug them into a program if you want to. So go ahead and do that. If you'd like, bring me back compound lifts. Compound lifts or main lifts are always, or I shouldn't say always, but they're usually going to come at the beginning of your program. So the beginning of your, you know, 30 minute session or hour long session, whatever you're going to do, usually you're going to do a few warm-ups and then you're going to go straight into your compound lifts. Why? Because they take more energy than the accessory lifts. So we don't really want to be tired when we're doing the compound lifts. We want to feel like we have plenty of energy to give to those. They're going to give us kind of the most bang for our buck when it comes to stimulating the muscles. Um, so compound lifts for the lower body. All right. The first one that I'm going to give you is the back squat. This is when you have the weight um, towards your back, it's on your back, right? You can do a high bar back squat, a low bar back squat, but a back squat is when you have the weight on your back. A front squat is when you have the weight in front of your body. So that could be done with a barbell in the front of your body, or it could be done, you know, even with, um, like a, what do you call it? A kettlebell right in the front of your body or a dumbbell in the front of your body, holding it like towards your chest or something like that. Um, we also have the leg press, another compound lift, very similar to a squat. The deadlift is a compound lift. Um, the trap bar deadlift trap bar deadlift usually is what I will recommend to my clients. Um, the mechanics of it seem to be a little bit more favorable for most bodies. Um, deadlift is definitely an exercise that I've seen. The majority of the people I see that get hurt in lifting It's coming from deadlift. So it's not something to fear. It's just a skill that you really have to master. Um, So the trap bar deadlift is a really great alternative. If you do have any kind of back pain, when you are deadlifting Um, compound lifts or main lifts for the upper body, the pull-up, right? We're bending at the elbows. We're moving at the shoulders, Um, the overhead press, the bench press, which is going to be a horizontal press. Whereas the overhead press is a vertical press, the push-up. Now let's move on to accessory lifts. This is not an exhaustive list. It's just giving you some ideas, um, accessory lifts, lower body accessory lifts, something like the leg extension, right. For the quads, the leg curl, the calf raise, right. For the calves, the Romanian deadlift where we're really, really making sure we're not moving anywhere else, but the hip, um, conventional deadlift. We are going to be moving mostly at the hip, but we're also going to be moving at the knee. If you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, don't worry about it <laughs> because right now we're just trying to focus on the basics. And then once you nail the basics, then you can start to get in the into the weeds with different variations of exercises. Um, accessory lifts also for the upper body would be rows, right? We're targeting the, um, we're targeting the rhomboids, the upper back area, um, bicep curls, tricep extensions, lat pulldowns. Um, delt flies for the shoulders, lap pull downs, obviously, for the lats or the latissimus dorsi. All right, cool. So, I feel like we've gone through so much already. If you want to take a breather and take a sec, please feel free because this episode is really, really education heavy. And I know sometimes it's tough to apply all these things. So, like I said, if you want to grab the PDFs, if you're a visual person, it would be really helpful for you to see. So, you can tap the link there. I made it. So, people might as well grab it. Um and yeah, I think maybe let's just talk about one last thing with this and maybe I'll do a part 2 so that we don't get too much in the weeds here. Let's talk about how many repetitions and sets you should do. So, remember when I said earlier something is better than nothing. So, if you are working out for 30 minutes because that's what you know you can do, I applaud you and that's going to inform how many reps and sets we should be doing. If you're working out for 90 minutes, I also applaud you equally and that's going to affect how many reps and sets we're doing. Now, the important thing about your plan is that it's doable for you. That's the most important thing because done is better than perfect. If in your mind, perfect is working out for an hour, but it's not feasible for you working out for 30 minutes is feasible for you work out for 30 minutes, because I promise you that's going to give you so much more results. If you do it consistently than doing inconsistently, what you view as perfect. So remember done is better than perfect how many reps should you do when selecting the number of reps or repetitions, which is just, if you're doing, um, 10 reps of lunges, you're doing that lunge 10 times. So that's what reps are when selecting your reps, you will do each exercise. Um, you'll do for each exercise. I recommend sticking to a general strength or hypertrophy rep range, which is going to be six to 12, anywhere from six to 12. So for example, if you are doing bicep curls, you know, doing six on each side at six to 12 on each side, decide on what amount you want to start with. Usually 10, 12 is a nice amount. And as you continue to advance in your lifting, there may be appropriate times to train in lower rep ranges, like under six or higher rep ranges, like over 12. But for now, as you're just starting and you're just getting solid in the foundation, six to 12 is going to be a really great sweet spot for you, um, and help you to gain the strength in the, in this beginning stage and then your sets typically three to four sets are generally a good place to start when you're first beginning a program, as you progress, there might be a good reason to go lower in your sets or higher in your sets, but three to four sets is a great place to start. So for example, last thing, let me touch on before I say that is rest time. Again, for rest, it's going to depend on what your goal is and what your program is, but a good rule of thumb as you're just starting out would be to rest on your compound movements anywhere from two minutes to four minutes if you're going really heavy, but two minutes if you're, you know, just figuring things out and a good time to target to rest for accessory movements is going to be anywhere from 45 seconds to 90 seconds. This is a great place to start if you're like, what the heck is strength training and how do I do it? Um, that being said, I think that I'm going to stop this episode here because it really was very heavy on, on just information. And I'd love for you to be able to see that PDF to, you know, highlight circle, cross out things so that, you know, how to use this stuff for you. Um, because it's definitely a little bit different for everyone. And then in episode two, of strength training foundations, we're going to go over how to choose your weights for different exercises and also how hard to push yourself, because that can be something that um, is is tough to gauge at first. Like, am I really pushing myself as hard as I should? How far is too far? How far is when I get injured? Um, And how far is, you know, not enough to make progress. So that's what you have to look forward to for the next episode. But for now, thank you so much for taking the time to invest in yourself education wise, you know, just listening to this podcast is a step in the right direction when it comes to understanding your body, understanding strength training, how to get to your goals and how to live a life that feels healthy and strong, um, into, you know, all of your years. So thanks for investing in yourself, beautiful. And if you haven't already click that link, uh, in the description to grab the visual of this and until next time, thanks so much. See ya.